podcast about product management, user experience design, technology, and more. This is Product by Design. All right, welcome to another episode of Product by Design. I am Kyle, and this week we are uh, happy to welcome another guest to the show, uh, Frederick Von Schrieb. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. It, it, it sounded good. It's better than most people do it. So, yeah. Welcome to the show, Frederick. Thank you so much. Happy to be here, Kyle. Awesome. Let me do a brief intro for you, uh, Frederick, and then uh, we'll have you tell us a little bit more about yourself. But Frederick is a passionate and innovative copywriter uh, with a wealth of experience across an, a number of different industries, originally from Sweden and now in San Francisco. So, lot to unpack there, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm 32 years old. I live in San Francisco. Been here for approximately six years. Um, moved over here for school and just decided to stay in sunny California because it's a lot warmer and not as dark as in Sweden. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited to, to talk a little bit more about your background, about uh, copywriting and advertising, because I think it has so many things relevant to a lot of the things that all of us do on a day-to-day basis. But before we dive into that and into your experience, why don't you tell us about some of the things that you do outside of the office? Outside of work, I, I, um, I'm i a huge sucker for storytelling. Um, I go to the movies probably like two or three times a week. They have this A-list on AMC that lets you watch like three movies a week. I think it's 20 bucks a month. So um, take highly advantage of that and go to the movies a lot. More recently, I've started climbing a lot. I find it like a very fun way to exercise. Usually exercising can be a, can be a heavy lift and not as fun, but with uh, climbing, it, it's, it's something really childish and fun about it that I love. Um, so I'm doing that and uh, some surfing and we got a dog to meet my girlfriend. So that takes a lot of time too. Awesome. Well, I've, I'll be excited to hear about some of your uh, either favorite movies or or things that you've watched recently. We usually ask uh, towards the end for some of the things that uh, you might recommend. So uh, that'll be an exciting one to get some of of your take on. But uh, the dog that you have, uh, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, I have a a little Australian Shepherd uh, miniature. His name is Blue. Yeah, we got him from Montana. And he's, uh, yeah, he's two years now. Uh, And he's crazy, (laughs) but he's very fun too. (laughs) Very lovable. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, we have a young, uh, golden, we have a, we have two dogs actually. So a golden retriever and a golden doodle and our golden doodle is eight or nine months old now. So he's, uh, still a puppy and it's that wild age. quite the, yeah, he's, he's a riot. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun, um, having, having dogs around. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited again, like I said, to jump into, uh, your journey, uh, some of the things that you've been working on. So why don't you tell us more about that? Tell us about your journey. Uh, you know, what brought you to what you're working on now and what led you into you know, advertising and copywriting and, and the space that you're in? I've always been fascinated about storytelling. I, I think I think it started back when I was a kid in Sweden. I, I remember we had a VHS tape. Do you remember those like old VHS tapes? And I think we had like a, a recording of Braveheart. Um, on one of the, on one of those tapes. And I think I must've watched it like 200 times or something. Like, I, I won't say like Braveheart is the best movie of all time, but it definitely has made a big impact on me. And I, there's just something about 
the storytelling and a and a journey unfolding that's always fascinated me and uh, and, it, and it's carried me through my whole life. Um, I love telling stories. I, I love exploring new things, and, and I think uh, movies really lit that uh, adventure inside of me that's taken me here. Um, so coming and and studying abroad and working in another country with in a language that's not my first language has has been like a very big challenge but also a big adventure for me to do so that that's what took me here basically and and advertising and copywriting is it's storytelling it's really connecting to emotions and and feelings and and creating um a journey and a story about a brand and i just love getting to do what i really love and what i'm passionate about too so that's awesome so i want to talk a little bit about more about a couple of those things but, yeah. you know, first off, tell us a little bit about the, ex- I'm, I'm interested in the experience about, you know, coming from Sweden, uh, to the United States and specifically San Francisco, you know, what were some of the things that were maybe different than your expectations? Uh, you know, what was that experience like both, uh, that either were in line with your expectations or maybe different than some of your expectations? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, it's a huge cultural difference, Sweden from America. America people are more more outgoing. They they say what they think. While it's in Sweden, people are a little bit more careful. They don't. They're trying to be do a little bit pleasing everyone, which can be for me. I've always thought that being a little bit annoying. I want to hear the truth. I want people to speak directly to me. And I feel like in America, people are better at doing that, especially around here in Silicon Valley where I work, where you need the fast results. You can't linger on and, and talk around stuff. You need to get the results fast. So visiting America and, and experiencing that um, excited me. And that's also why I wanted to move here because I wanted to work in an environment where I get to really put myself out there and 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 show and show good work and do good work. And if I don't do good work, I'll going to get, yeah, people are going to tell me that directly and, and I'll know how to evolve and become better with it. Um, so definitely that's the cultural difference that I feel um, is the difference between here. And also people here are very helpful and people want to see you succeed. So I feel like when you're doing something, when you're doing a good job, people are very vocal about it and, and really pats you on your back and, and it motivates you to continue striving towards greatness. Oh, absolutely. So I'm, I'm interested in, you know, your, uh, you, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, copywriting and the advertising aspect, you know, for, for those who may be listening and, and maybe new to it, you know, what exactly is copywriting in, you know, in, in the way that we're talking about it and, and in what you're working on? Um, I, I think it's, it's telling the story when you visit a website, a landing page, it's obviously the first thing you're going to notice is this sign. And that tells a story by itself. I think copywriting goes into the depth of it and it really gets into the details and explains what the brand and the value is about. Um, so it gives the broader story of what a brand is. Um, and I, you know, it's not only... It's not only the words you use and, and, and such, it's, it's also about like how much text you use. Like if, if there's a lot of text that tells a story, whilst if you don't use a lot of text, that's another story. So it's the power of words and filling the gaps and the white space. Yeah. And that's, and, and you need to be strategic with the words you choose and how the nuances of language to effectively communicate what you want to say. And 
but it gives like the broad picture and the storytelling of a brand. Awesome. Yeah. I think that that is a really, really great way to look at it is that, you know, when we think about the whole experience of a product, you know, you're, you're, you're really looking at, you know, when you go to a website, for example, like you said, you know, there's the design that is there. There's some of the experience that in the interaction, and then a really important part is the, the words and the story. And like you said, the copyright, the copywriting or the copy of what is there, the storytelling of everything that is on that site or on, you know, whatever it is that you're looking at, you know, telling the story of Mm -hmm. the brand or the product or whatever it is, which is such an important part. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that because, uh, you know, I don't think we talk often, we don't talk enough about that, but why is that such an important part of a company or a brand or a product? I think it goes down to people want to be part of a community and whenever they visit or see something that they resonate with, that's going to, that's going to build a bridge. And I think that's what's copywriting is so important too, because we're not just selling services or products. We're, we're trying to connect with people. Um, and the best way to do that is with words because that's, we talk to each other and we can't do that online. Like we can't always get one-to-one contact. So, so when people visit our website or, or interact with a brand, we need to resonate with them and, and, and make them feel that connection with us. And that's where good copywriting does a really good job of connecting with people. And some brands do it really great. And some people and some brands do not. Um, and it's, it's so much more also about like keeping a consistent voice throughout too. And, um, if people connect with it, they're going to love it. And, and if they don't, they're, they're not going to buy your service or product too. So I feel like it's a very important thing. And I, a lot of brands that I see are not keeping a consistent voice throughout. Um, and that hurts them. Absolutely. I'm interested. Do you have any examples that come to mind as far as brands who are really good at the copy or copywriting or storytelling of their products or brand or services, and maybe some that we won't call them bad, but aren't <laughs> as good or could use some work in their copy or their storytelling that, that come to mind? Yeah, I think definitely like probably the most two famous are Apple who does great, great copywriting and great writing throughout. And they've always been very focused on keeping a good design and also good copy. Uh, and they don't overuse their copy either. Like you don't see a lot of copy on Apple sites. And I think that's, that works in their favor too. Um, not being too much out there and, and keeping com- some kind of mystery around them, even though like they're the biggest brand in the world, they keep a, they still have a mystery feeling to Apple. And what does that? And that's the copywriting that they have. It, it really feels like an exclusive club that you want to be a member of. I'd, I'd say the one opposite is probably Facebook. That's a little bit too much, too much everywhere. And, and you kind of get annoyed by it and it just, yeah, it doesn't come off right. And it's hard to pinpoint what exactly it is. It's just like a feeling that you get. And I'm sure you can, <laughs> you can agree on that with some brands that you just feel like, I don't really like this brand, but I don't know why, or I really like this brand, but I don't know why either. Um, and I think that comes down to how you're messaging. That's such a good point when you bring that up. So, I mean, obviously when we talk about Apple design and copy, like there's, it's, it feels so effortless and so good that I think most of us will, will think Apple when we think of just really, really good 
overall design and storytelling. And that comes down to, you know, the, the UX of it, the UI and the copy. Mm. But when you mentioned Facebook, like immediately popped into my head so much of the experience and the copy. Like I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of that initially, but when you said it, I was like a couple examples came to mind and I was like, oh yeah, that is absolutely true. And I, you're right. I hadn't put my finger on it before, but there's just, there's so much going on and it feels disconnected in a lot of ways that in a lot of times you're probably, and this probably goes to your point that a poor copy and poor copywriting and and poor storytelling kind of disconnects all of the different areas of a product or a brand or a service in ways that we may not be able to feel or we may, we may not be able to see exactly, but we can feel it. And it's, and it, it really has a disjointed experience. And when you start to put a finger on it, you're like, oh yeah, there's either too much going on or the story differs too much from, from one point to another. And it just leaves, I guess, a bad feeling or a bad taste in your mouth. Exactly. And- yeah. And I feel like also to that great storytelling and great copywriting leaves you with a feeling that you want more. You just want more. I want to, I want to learn more about this, even though I know everything about it. I, there's still must be somewhere I can explore something more. Whilst on the other way, you'll, you just, I, I had enough, leave me alone, <laughs> get away from me, cancel the, yeah, stop, stop sending me spams basically. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm interested uh, because you've mentioned uh, b- before about, uh, you know, working at a, a startup now uh, and previously working at an agency and now working in-house. Tell us a little bit about the difference between, you know, working at an agency, you know, doing copy and copywriting versus working in-house. What, what have been some of your experiences and some of the things that you've seen both the benefits and, and maybe drawbacks and you know, what that experience is like both as a copywriter and maybe as a brand. It depends on a lot of agencies work differently. On some agency, you'll be working with just one brand on, and another agency you'll be working on several. From my experience, I've been, I've been on agencies where I've been working with several brands all at the same time. And you kind of become like a pod of that brand where you're just working with yeah, making an advertising campaign. And and that can be a good thing in a way because you don't have a fully understanding of the company and what their story is. So you can really become creative and, and create really fun stuff with it. And I think there's some agencies that do that really well. Uh, the problem is also that you don't know everything about the brand and the values. So you might miscommunicate what they're trying to say. You might might have troubles really understanding what the brand is about. Whilst if you're in an in-house, you have the full scope, you have the full picture of what the value, what they're trying to say, where where are we heading to? Um, And and I think that makes such a big difference when you're writing too. And I I prefer being an in-house from working in both because I really want to have that full understanding of what the company is. And writing flows so much easier with it too. Um, And you can... Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just really fun to get to know someone like a, it becomes like a really good friend that you get to know and and you get to talk about that friend and how much you love them. No, I can, I can definitely understand that in really being able to, you know, obviously the benefit of being able to bring kind of an outside perspective from an agency and Mm. being able to add, uh, you know, some of that either experience from other places, but then 
also really in-house being able to dive deep and have that really deep understanding and knowledge and, and bring a lot of that out in the copy and the storytelling for, exactly. for a product and a brand and an experience. Now you mentioned you're working at a startup. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in some of the benefits and, and challenges of, you know, creating that story and the copy at a startup. What has been some of your experience in doing that in the storytelling uh, in the startup stage? Uh, startups, were, startups were fun because it's, it's, it's really fast paced. Like everything needs to happen fast and, and it's moving quickly and there's not enough personnel to go around. So, but you also get to really explore and push the boundaries of what you're trying to say with this brand. Cause it's, it's constantly evolving. And especially in a startup, everything's not figured out. And you're basically A-B testing everything to see where you're going and trying to figure out. And it, allow, it allows for a lot of experimental text, experimental copy to try if, and see what we can be. It's a really fun journey to be on. And in a startup, everyone's working towards the same goal. Everyone feels a community feeling of trying to make the best possible brand there is. It's a lot of fun. I'd say that's the benefit. Um, and you get to work with a lot of people who feel the same, who are excited about what you're doing. The challenge is this, yeah, you're going to work hard. You're going to work a lot. There's going to be points where, where you're missing the goal and you'll learn from that. Um, but I think it's, it's a really good place to be, especially for young, young people in the industry to learn how to make mistakes and learn from them. Um, I think a startup is, is a really great place of, of doing that. Kind of the ability to wear many, many different hats and have your hands in a whole bunch of different areas. Uh, yeah. you, you don't necessarily always get that at larger established places, but at a startup, it's almost by default where you have to be involved in a whole bunch of different things and you have to be you know, working across, you know, multiple teams in, in a whole bunch of different areas in different ways. So exactly, totally yeah. agree with that. And that's, and that's definitely been my experience as well. What if I told you that a year from now, you could finally get that chief creative officer promotion, lead a larger team and have your CFO finally understand the value of design. It all starts with future London Academy's MBA for design leaders. During our five two week modules in London and California, You'll be in the same room with creative leaders from around the world, learning, collaborating, and sharing laughter and tears. You'll go behind the scenes of the top design agencies and most inspiring companies while receiving bespoke mentorship from CEOs, CFOs, and design leaders from Dropbox, Pentagram, Wolf Olins, Zaha Hadid Architects, and many others. With Future London Academy, you're here to erase borders, question everything, inspire others, ignite ideas, make friends, challenge the impossible, start a movement, invent solutions, think differently, change the world, and never, never stop learning. Become one of the 30 change makers today. Apply now at bit.ly slash chief designer. That is bit.ly forward slash chief designer, or check out the show notes for the link. Um, you mentioned when we were talking before uh, that you're working on a rebrand and I think rebrands are, are, are fascinating. I, I was part of an internal rebrand uh, early in my career and then I was part, part of a rebrand uh, more on the periphery uh, as I was working with a product team and, and we were part of 
a group that was helping another company uh, do a rebrand. And these could be like really, really massive things mm. in order to, to do something like that. Why is a rebrand such a big deal? And what has been your experience with that? Uh, you know, going through the process of, of rebranding and, you know, basically I, I, I think it's kind of, you know, there, there's, you know, rebranding can be, you know, as, as simple as, you know, changing some of the logo, but I think it goes deeper than that in, you know, really taking a lot of the things and, and changing almost the perception and some of the story behind it. So I'm interested in your take on, you know, working through a rebrand, working through all of the things that go with it. What has that been like? And, and what does that really entail? Yeah. Um, no, rebranding is, it's, it's, it's something really fun and interesting to do. And our CMO talked about it earlier, a few weeks back, how like a rebranding, if you're lucky, you get to do one or two during your career. Uh, but most people don't get to ever work on one. So it's a really good opportunity. And it's, I think the great part about it is when you start a rebrand, you have to take a step back and look at what you've been working on for the past years and see like, is this, is this where we want to go? Like, where's this leading us? If we're going to do a rebranding now, we, we have to pivot some, we have to pivot away and, 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 um, have a good cost of doing that. Um, so it's, it's really like an internal, yeah, you, you go in, internally and look through everything, what your core values are, what you're trying to say. Um, and you can really, really experiment a lot with the rebranding and it's really fun to experiment around and see where we go and you can plan like, Oh, where we want to be 10 years from now. And I think that rebranding is a really refreshing start. It feels like you remember like the last scene of, of the Lion King when the, when everything's on fire and then the rain starts and everything turns green again. It's kind of like that. It's, it's a new start. It's a new beginning. And I feel like it's, it's a revamp for, and it's an injection of energy into a company. It, sometimes it's very much needed for a company to really start a new chapter and, and get going forward. I definitely agree. So I'm interested in working with all of the different teams across an organization. So obviously that's an important part, especially in a smaller organization as, yeah. as you're working on the products and you know the, the marketing and the copy that will go and kind of tell the story of all of the things that you know, you're showing to, to users and customers. How, how do you work with, you know, all of the different teams from the product team to the UX team, to the marketing team, to the sales team, how does that all come together in this story that you're telling in the copy that you're writing for, you know, for the, the different products and, and the brand? Yeah. As, as the marketing copywriter, I'm going to be responsible for external copy and, and our advertising campaigns. And, and it's really, it's really vital for me to understand all the different teams and how they're working and how they're right. What you don't want is every team to become a little hub where they're doing their own thing and writing in their own way. And the voice is going to be all over the place. Um, so you really want to keep that consistency throughout a company. Then, I mean, it's, it's, you want to keep a consistency and a voice throughout, but still working on product, you want to be very informative whilst working on social, you want to be fun and, and, and inviting it. And then it's nuances to how to shape a voice. And 
that's the real challenge of working as a copywriter on a on a company is is keeping that through line, that red line throughout the company, but with the little nuances on every team that impacts and 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 make make it specific for them. And yeah, it's a challenge and, and it never gets perfect. You're always working on it. It's still it's working process throughout. And it's not supposed to be perfect either. Cause if it's perfect, it's you're not gonna if you want it perfect, you shouldn't have any copy at all. But then you're gonna lose <laughs> then people's not going to be interested in your company. So it's it's a challenge and it's a, it's a um, always evolving process of um finding new nuances and 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 shaping the voices. No, that makes a lot of sense. And how do you go through that process of, you know, finding the right voice for some of those different areas, whether it's on social media, whether it's in uh more maybe more technical documentation? You know, how do you find the, the right balance and, and then how do you find kind of that consistency for, you know, either to begin and then how do you go back and, you know, continually work to revise some of that? Because like you said, it's an ongoing process, you know, yeah. walk us through, I guess, some of that balancing act. Well, I think what we, we start with is we, we, we really trying to create a Bible, a, a style guide or, or a brand guideline, say, um, and we work from there and, and you have to create sort of a map of where the different teams are at. Like if, if it's, if it's an X, you, you make an X and Y axle and, and if, if it's going to be fun, it's going to be a little bit more over here. If it's going to be educational, it should be on the other side of the, of the map, but it still has to keep that, like I said, through line throughout. And um, it could be with wording. It could be different words that you, that you use throughout all the different, categories but but yeah yeah I, I think like working with a map and creating a style guiding guidelines is 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 really important to do that throughout I, I think that's a that's a great place to be now I'm I'm interested because there there's kind of a spectrum at least in my experience of of companies where I've you know I've worked in companies where we've had uh, writers and writing teams and as a product person you know I'm able to put together uh, copy, for example, for, for product specific things and have the writing team either take that and, and adjust it. And, you know, then, uh, either put it out there or, or, or let me put it, you know, post it to product specific areas all the way on the other spectrum where, you know, we don't have, uh, necessarily a robust enough writing team or, or copywriters or, or marketing to, to be able to to do something like that. And it's left to a lot of individuals to create some of the copy for whether it's uh, the, the product specific areas or, you know, some other places, um, you know, have you seen that? And you know, what, what would be the best way to deal with something like that? Especially when you, you definitely want to have a consistent voice and you want to be able to tie all of these things together, but, you know, especially in some smaller companies, it's not necessarily given the foremost thought for, you know, to have this consistent story and, and this consistent voice throughout. I think some company, you, you cannot expect the copywriter to be everywhere and, and tweak everything to make it perfect. And I don't think it's good for a company either. I think you really need to trust your employees also. And just because you're working on product, just because you're working with design doesn't make you a bad writer, say. You still understand the company. You still still understand what you're trying to do. And 
you have the most knowledge about what you're working on. So you're going to have an understanding of what you're trying to say. Then a copywriter can come with um, an external view on things and say, hey, I don't really understand this. We need probably for our clients, for our customers to understand this, we need to say it in this way. But I think everyone on a company should really try to write as much as possible if they have time for it, because it's it's really good to for yourself to understand what you're trying to say if you write it out um, instead of just leaving it over to a copywriter. Uh, if you can if you can explain what you're trying to do, you're gonna become better at working with it too. So I think everyone should try to write as much as possible. Uh, and a copywriter can be there to help you, to guide you, to tweak things. But like I said, the product team is going to have the most knowledge about the product. So let them write first and then have a copywriter come in and tweak things. I absolutely love that. I think I totally agree that I think everybody should write and should write more because I think that that's a critical part of any business and really any understanding of a product of a user experience of a, a brand in general. Yeah. And then, you know, depending on where you're at, like you said, being able to have a, a dedicated, either a dedicated copywriter or somebody being able to add the, the unified voice or mm. the additional context to some of that, especially early on, you know, when you're trying to keep all of that unified and really put together a cohesive narrative and story and, you know, have that really be a, a team effort of everybody contributing and then trying to tie that all, all together in a, a really good way. And then as you scale up, obviously, you know, you have a lot more options to be able yeah. to have more people involved in that and you know, have you know, maybe more dedicated people doing the writing, but never really giving it up entirely, especially for people who are closest to it. You know, it shouldn't be something kind of like you said that goes away. Uh, you know, mm. if I'm the person who's closest to it, you know, I, I should still be very much involved if it's my product, you know, in helping craft some of that narrative and story, but also working very closely with somebody who can help tell that story in a yeah. way that also ties together with the rest of the story that we're telling across the brand. I think, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. It needs to be collaborative because it's sometimes there's situations where, I get handed a brief, oh, can you explain this this product or, or this thing? And I have no, I, I, I know about the product, I know how to explain it, but I don't know the nuances of it. So if a product person writes out it first, or we can have a conversation about it, we can together craft what's the best, like what, what what's the, op, the best, so, so a, a customer can easily understand uh, the metrics of it. I think that's great. Now, what about when our copy or language or story starts to get a little bit old or, or outdated? This was something that I know we were dealing with in one of my roles uh, previously that you know we had a lot of just older copy and older language and and things on there that was really starting to get outdated and you know we needed to go through and and just really start to revise and update a lot of the story that we were telling and the things that we were talking about. What's been your experience in that? Obviously, you know, that may not be the case necessarily in a really new company, but, you know, as we start to grow and 
things change, you know, how can we, I guess, do better about uh, staying on top of our story and staying on top of the the voice and the way that we're telling our story? Yeah, language um, evolves all the time and, and, and copy does too. And, and how we're speaking about products, how we're speaking about a company is probably going to be changing the next five years. And we're going to need to update the things we're writing today. Um, so I think it's, it's really important. And, and that's a big part of my job is, is, is going around and seeing how we're talking about our product and how we're explaining. And is it under, like, do people understand this? Do, is, is this, is this updated? Is this, yeah, is this easy to understand? And um, I think that's a big part of my job is really to, to find those things that is not working anymore and updating it. And it's always evolving. It's always evolving. Sometimes what we wrote last week doesn't work because something happened culturally in the world and we need to change it. It's, it's, it's always evolving and, and you really need to stay on top of things. And so I think like, yeah, be, being really updated, what's going around in the world and how people, how other companies are communicating is really important to do that and, and seeing what other people do, what's working for them and and being flexible with how you're speaking and be flexible with the voice too. still have that core of it but but be ready to to update and and evolve around how we speak and how we understand things today you you bring up such a good point because language is always evolving and our our culture is continually uh moving and adjusting and you know the market that we're in or that our products are in can be shifting and adjusting as well. And so being able to adjust to that and tell the story in an appropriate way uh, is, is really important because, you know, the, the way that we're telling it five years ago may be the absolute wrong way to tell it now. And especially as we see the way that people are, are, are thinking about storytelling and thinking about culture and all of these different things, something that, may have been benign. And, and this is what came to my mind as you, as you were kind of going through that may have seemed benign a few years ago may actually be something that uh, is no longer benign and, and no longer yeah. the way that we want to portray the product or portray the story. And so constantly staying up to date with those types of things. Um, how, how do you, I guess, how do you go about that? How are you kind of keeping up to date with, um, you know, a lot of that thinking and a lot of the, the, the language and the storytelling. And then how are you helping other people understand that, Hey, you know, we need to maybe uh, adjust the way that we're, we're talking about our products or our brand or our story, because, you know, there's these things happening and we may need to be, you know, thinking about that in a new way. Yeah. I, I, I try to really stay updated on what's happening around in the world watching a lot of news. I watch a lot of YouTube too. <laughs> I think like there's, there's really good things to found, um, in popular culture. Um, what's happening on YouTube, what's happening around, what's, what are people reading? What are people interested in? Um, and really draw inspiration from there. Uh, and then also looking at obviously other companies, how they're doing, like who, who's doing the best, who's doing the best job at it right now. Who's leading this, who's leading the language forward right now. And looking at that and looking at trends, what people are interested in, and then really going back and, and sharing that within the company. Hey, these, this company is doing this. This is really interesting. People are reacting. 
And today there's so much data to find around this. And we can really be, if we really take the time and look into data and looking into trends, you can really stay on top of it and be one of the, one of the companies that drive it forward. Um, and just have a conversation and, and not being afraid of, of changing and evolving and, and, and trying out new stuff. I think sometimes companies can be scared of, of, of trying new stuff. Uh, because they set a voice, it's taking time to figure that out, and and doing changes to it can be can be scary. But I think we always need to be experimenting with different things, um, and there's always really interesting and fun outlets to to experiment on. Um, right now, we're doing some interesting stuff with SEO writing. That's it's boring writing, people say, but uh, you can do really fun stuff with SEO writing. You can really you can really get a joke in there and make people laugh and and uh, make something fun of something that otherwise is is not as interesting as yeah yeah absolutely no, that's great no for somebody who wants to maybe get into copywriting or advertising or just general storytelling you know, what advice mm. would you have for them in order to get into this if you're really interested about it i'd say yeah, find find things that really inspire you. For me, it's always been movies. And great writing in movies have always inspired me to become a writer. And that's what really brought me here. It's that storytelling. And the being able to pinpoint a feeling, being able to pinpoint a, uh, an emotion. That's what insp- inspired me a lot, watching movies, that I can really be drawn into it. And that's what I always wanted to to be good at. I wanted to write stuff that people get drawn into, that people find interesting, that they want to read, uh, and that makes people feel things. So I'd say if if you're if you're passionate about making an impact and and really doing something fun and creative, I think writing is is a really good outlet for that. I, I think that's awesome, and and a great way to to kind of get into it, and probably a great way to explore a number of different. Uh, opportunities or, or yeah. things like that. So I, th- I think that's awesome. Now, is there anything that you wish you would have known before before you had started or earlier in your career? That I wish I knew. Um, that's a good question. No, that it takes time. It takes time to be to write something. To write something simple, it takes time. Whenever you see something and you think, "Oh, that's a very simple way of saying it." There's been so much written before that's taken them to that place because the simplest stuff are usually the most well thought out stuff. The more words you're trying to explain a thing, the less thinking there is behind it. So I, I, it's, it's all about writing out everything as big as possible and then just revising and shortening everything until you have that one sentence that explains something. Um, and I think earlier in my career, I've I've been... I've been anxious to, to just get it done, you know, and not taking the time into refining and making it perfect. But it's a, it's a process and you have to understand that the process is going to take time and it's going to be frustrating sometimes. But once you get to that point when you have something really, really complicated explained in a, t- a sentence or two, that's it's a good feeling to feel. Yeah, I, I highly, highly endorse that. It It definitely takes time, both in your career in order to to do the things that that you want to be able to do and then to create yeah. the really good work like you're talking about like it is to do something that looks effortless it really does 
take a lot of time. And I've found that absolutely to be true, you know, going into just a number of different things that, yeah. you know, you think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to, to do this and I, I just want to get it done, but to do it well and to come out with that really nice finished product, it Ooh. just, it always takes more time than, than you think it's going to. And just having the patience in order to say, you know, this is, this is going to take some time in order to get it. But ultimately, it's going to be worth it. But it just, like you said, it it just takes time. Yeah, yeah. And you have to just allow yourself to accept that it's going to take time. Yep. And and also, eventually, you'll be a, you're going to be able to to love that fact too. You're going to be able to love the fact that it's going to take time. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna treasure every single moment of it because it's I get to do something that I really love. And I, and 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 I, you must really understand that too with the woodworking. I guess that's. <laughs> that was that was the exact example that came to mind when you said that because when I first got into woodworking uh you know it was one of those things that I thought would be a lot faster than yeah. it actually was and then to get in and to spend hours and hours doing what seemingly were very very simple things I was mm. just like am I doing this wrong and how you know how is this taking so much time and then you realize that that's part of the process it's you know, part of the joy of it is that it takes time It and it's not, you know, there, it, it's not a shortcut thing where you just, you make a couple cuts or do a couple things that's part of the joy of it is mm. the, the process and the time that you take doing it and, yeah. and not rushing it and not, you know, taking a whole bunch of shortcuts in order to get to the end. But the, the joy of the finished product is a lot of times the time that it takes to get there. Yeah, you look at it and you're really proud of yourself that you that you that you that you allowed yourself to take the time and 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 allowed yourself to to let it become something really great. Um because I I sometimes I feel early in my career where I did things I was never happy with the end result because I always thought, "Oh, this is not good. I I could do it better." But when you really sit down and you really take the time and, and you, you're going to end up much more happier with the end result. And you're going to feel a lot more prouder and a lot more confident in your work too. Exactly. Yeah, totally agree. I absolutely love that. Well, Frederick, this has been a really, really great conversation. I, I have you yeah. know, two wrap up questions, but before we get to that, uh, where can people find out more about you, about the things that you're working on uh, and, and anything else? Well, my Instagram is not very <laughs> up to date or active, uh, but you can find me on LinkedIn. Feel free to add me and I'll happy to, to talk anything, copy, anything movie. Just hit me up there. We, I'm, I'm always happy to have conversation with new people and getting to learn uh, new ways of writing and, and new ways to express yourself. Okay. Awesome. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. Awesome. Okay. Well, we, we usually end with, you know, just a couple questions around, you know, any uh, shout outs or recommendations that you might have. And I'm interested in this one because you mentioned movies. So uh, anything that you've read or watched uh, in particular that you have enjoyed or, or want to uh, recommend? Movie uh, Oscars is coming up soon. So if you haven't watched all the, if you haven't watched all the best film nominees, and if you should watch one, I would definitely recommend everything everywhere all at once. It's a magnificent way of storytelling and it touched me on so many points that I had to go see it three times in cinema. I'm actually might be going again this weekend, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just amazing. And 
how the Daniels um, wrote that a movie that, um, yeah, it, it has so many genres in it. And it's really exciting. It's fun. And you'll laugh and you'll cry throughout the whole movie. So big recommendation if you haven't seen it yet. Absolutely agree. Really, really good movie. I was, uh, it had been talked about before I had seen it, it had been talked about a lot and did not disappoint, which I, I always worry about when movies have been talked about frequently before I see them. Uh, definitely, definitely worth seeing. It, it was really good. Okay. And then finally, any, any products that you have been using and enjoying or not enjoying could be, you know, a digital product or physical product that, that you've used recently or use frequently that uh, you want to give a shout out to or an anti shout out to. I mean, it would be weird if I didn't mention chat GPT, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I've, I've used chat GPT uh, a bit and I think it's a, it's a great way to get you started. Um, I don't think it's a great thing to use for a final product, but, um, I use it sometimes in a way to get a thought starter. Um, and it's a really way to start um, your wheels turning in your head and start thinking about things. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great tool. It's a really interesting and fascinating tool. Um, and I'm, I'm ready to see because it's at its worst right now. It's just going to become better and better. And um, I'm interested to see where it goes and if I'll lose my job for it. <laughs> Yeah, Hopefully. I'm super interested. Yeah, super interested in seeing where it goes as well. And I've used, been using it a lot in a very similar way to, uh, to you know, either kick off writing or to yeah. take ideas and reframe them. And then exactly. I'm, I don't feel like I'm ever satisfied with what comes out of it. Um, but it always gives me like another place where I can take it and then either, you know, take some of the ideas and then, uh, rewrite them or reframe them in a, in a different way. But I think it's, it's great from, like you said, a starting off point to say, mm. you know, give me some information or take all of this and, you know, uh, condense it down in some way. And then I can take that and, um, reframe it or, or take it as like a starting point and reuse it in, in some way. So I, I enjoyed that for a lot of different purposes. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see like as, as it continues to get better and better, like what are going to be more and more applications of it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. Awesome. Well, Frederick, this has been a great conversation again. Um, love the insights, especially around a topic that I don't think we, we talk about enough, which is the copywriting and storytelling. So uh, this has been uh, really, really great and uh, really appreciate the time and insight that you've shared. Yeah, thank you so much, Kyle, for having me. It was, uh, yeah, it was really fun, exciting uh, conversations. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk again next time. Thanks again for listening. If you like the show, be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow the show on Twitter at prodbydesign. That's prod underscore by underscore design. You can follow me at Kyle Larry Evans on Twitter as well. If you want more product conversation, check out my newsletter, Product Thinking, at productthinking.cc. You can follow me on Medium at Kyle Larry Evans as well, or check out my Medium publication, uh, Product by Design. Thanks again.